0: welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Edie Quinn, and I'd like you to hear something. You're listening to It's a Monument. Something You Can't Shake Even When You've Shaken It by A Rise and Fall of a Dilapidated Home. The song comes from a release on Semi-Collective Records, which is ran by my pal Elias Amini and many other folks.
1: honestly like my first day of kindergarten probably because it was like a lot of really strong emotions happening simultaneously. Like this one that sticks out to me most, there might be something else I could even be remembering, but um, I just remember being really upset. Cause like my parents brought me there and then I think that they told me at one point I was like, okay, yeah, this is really cool. Can we go home now, please? And then they were like, no, you're going to stay and we're going to leave. And like, I totally lost it. And then, um, Yeah, it was one of those kind of things where, like, you know, I hadn't really been away from my parents that much. I guess at that point in my life, like, I'd always been around family or something. Uh And so, (laughs) I was just like, I was very upset. And um, but my teacher was really, really sweet. She was a very sweet woman. Um, I want to say her name was like Mrs. Gardner or something like that. Mm -hmm. But um, she was she was a really cool kindergarten teacher. I do remember a little bit about her. She was like a younger teacher and she was like really about um, like creativity and all that stuff so she calmed me down pretty quick and like you know got me finger painting or whatever we were doing that day yeah Um, but yeah I just remember that first day of like actual like elementary school I guess because I hadn't really I don't know if I'd really done preschool before I don't know if like it was something where I would just was like not ready to be away from my parents again yet or I'm not sure but that, that memory sticks out to me as both something that was like really emotionally intense and also like kind of a good memory yeah it's,
0: so, it's that separation anxiety. Like you don't, Yeah. I don't know, like you can't, like as a kid, you know, it's something that's new to you or whatever. But then like I feel like even mm-hmm. as you get older, uh, not not older like as in an adult, but I feel like there's been times where I've felt like s- sort of that separation anxiety, like just like um, – you know, just like staying over a friend's with the, for the first time or whatever, you know, like yeah. stuff like that. And um, and then as an adult, you know, you get <laughs> you get that uh, weird like separation anxiety ish feeling. Like if you know, as a, as like a parent or whatever, that's something that yeah. happens. And I mean, like.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask being on the other side of that, like, yeah. when, you know, you drop your children off on their first day of school and, like, that that must be, like, a whole different thing.
0: Yeah, it's, it's kind of – it's wild because, like, you know, there's all these instances, like, where um, as a parent and um, – I mean, people that aren't parents, like, they still – feel these kinds of things like for their spouses like when their spouses are sick or whatever you know Mm -hmm. i think it's a similar emotion but it's like you you Mm -hmm. go through this thing where you're like you have to just sort of be like this is fine like this is just what's this is supposed to have like you have to put on that face even though it's bothering you too you know and um, yeah you have that sort of like helpless like look like this is like the way this has to go this is like for the best but you really right. just want to be like comforting to that person yeah. you know like
1: yeah you just want to soothe as much as you can
0: yeah yeah but it's like yeah you know especially like like in that position you know as a parent and you're just like yeah the longer that I stay here the more this drags out you know and yeah. it's better to just be like how how you know uh it's like y- your your teacher knows how to handle this, you know. Like yeah, and, you know you you seem to remember that, like being correct, you know. And then and it's just like teachers are, I mean, I bet they go through that, like every oh yeah, I'm sure you know every single year with at least one or two people, and so it's just like almost like, yeah. Uh, first part of a YouTube tutorial on being a teacher is like, <laughs> be ready for this. You
1: know? Yeah. Be ready for that emotional bond yeah, that you yeah. now have to kind of let go of and, you know, set free back into the world a bit.
0: Yeah. And it's, um, I don't know. It's wild. Like I, you know, there's so many uh, sort of, and I think, I think about these kinds of things like, uh, you know, probably more than I should, like I should just think about mm. other um less emotional things but it's just like there's so many instances in your life where you um where you let go of people on a like micro scale like whether it's mm-hmm. um whether it's just like you let go of that version of of someone you know what i mean like
1: yeah
0: i feel like i feel like um like a a a, a a, a longing for like a, a, an era, a, like when someone that I knew was like this way, and I was like this way, and um, that person's not like that anymore. You know, like your your best friend from high school or something. And in my case, like this person, you know, is like a loves Trump now or whatever. You know, and you're like yeah, you, and you're like well. That sucks. It's like yeah. that that like death of that version of that person, you know, and it's like especially true when you have kids. I feel like you're mm. mourning the loss of like this uh era of that uh relationship with with the person, you know, like you're like, oh I remember when you know when they were a baby and they, every, yeah. you know, we had to do everything. And now it's like, you put the car seat out in, in the, you know, uh, goodwill or whatever, you know, you right. take that and you're like, well, that's that. And you, yeah, and you, you, you I like, mean, it's mourn, you know, in a way.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it's one of those things too where when people tell you to be, in, I, I mean, I'm one of those people who's like, I will always look at my emotion. It, as something to kind of be respected and like I think that is like why maybe also we find ourselves so even as as we become older, like you know people like me and you are just we just find ourselves digging even deeper into this kind of music because it captures such a specific feeling mm-hmm. of this longing, this emotion, this anger, the sorrow or whatever and being able to like turn and point and look at it and having that memory, of something that happened like that kind of almost be reconjured because I, you know, everyone talks about living in the moment all of the time, but I feel like that's not really tempered with a re- realistic expectation of like this moment is going to be sad sometimes, or like this moment is going to be like enraging sometimes. And I think that gets lost in translation a lot of the time because every, a lot of like the kind of like meditative, like, like positivity spin of like, looking at yourself and looking inwardly doesn't really take into account like what all of yourself actually is so it is like i actually like those kinds of things to look at where like i am remembering a friend who i really loved to i just don't talk to anymore or like a family member who has moved away and i haven't seen them in forever and we just don't have that kind of relationship anymore so i don't even know how to broach it like those things are really like beautiful to me in a specific way And I'm sure, like, with, like, watching your children grow, like, I, I, that's another thing, too, is, like, maybe this isn't a good way to do it, but I always try to think of, like, how my parents feel watching me grow and become a completely different person Mm -hmm. and, like, how strange that is, like, overall to, like, be an adult and then have a small child and then that child turns into an adult one day and you're like, oh, wow, like, fucking 60. Sorry. I don't know if you're cool with cussing or not, but.
0: Oh no, it's, it's totally fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh,
0: yeah, no, it is, it is wild. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's, there's so many like little, uh, it's like the, the thing that I'm thinking of in my mind is a hurdle, but it's not a hurdle as in like, it's some mm-hmm. problem to get over, but it's just like, it's, it's like a, there's like these little things that you just, you know, I don't know, like a mile marker or a touchstone or whatever. Yeah, a, like
1: an a, effort point. Yeah, yeah. Like I, there's a push almost and it's to like, get through it or over it. Yeah.
0: You so you so you like realize like, you know, at some point you're like, okay, um, like you like your kid is just like texting you like you know, can you fucking believe blah, 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 you know what I mean? And you're like, oh, yeah, that's, like, where I'm at with one of my kids now. Like, you know, I'm not, like, I don't, like, I don't feel the need to be, like, oh, like, police somebody's language or something, you know, because it's, like, yeah that whole thing. Like, the only reason that we really do that is because, like, you know, you don't need to be, like, dropping F-bombs at, at, like, the public library in front of, like, 60-year-olds, you know, or whatever. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Mm. It's like... Yeah. You know, there's all these... Um, there's all these little, you know, things... Like, like cultural mar-
1: nurturings, kind yeah, of.
0: Yeah, But you, you go past these markers, and then you realize, like you were saying, that this person that you had to take so far in life is like completely on their own path now and y- your relationship to them, like though there are aspects of it that will always be the same, is different and like, therefore, like every interaction is different and it's, um, yeah, it's a really like wild, like, I mean, sometimes we are... Ourselves, I think we change a lot more than we mm. notice, you know, like there's like, um, like, I feel like I've, uh, as a, as a person, like my values and stuff like have been pretty steady, like most of my life, you know, but like, I right. think about like, oh yeah, there was like that. There was that couple years of my life where I was like, really like, about two weeks away from like owning like a Domino's pizza, you know? And like, Hmm. there was like that time in my life when like, like there's just so much that you like, um, not like necessarily like a phase or whatever, you know, but like there's so many little uh, changes that happen in your life that you – sort of like gloss over on on as a whole you know and um like sometimes you might even mourn those versions of yourself but um Mm. yeah it's it's really interesting to think about like um how your parents might have viewed some of these like uh passing fancies or whatever as if they were like just something that you needed to like Move past or whatever, and then, like, as a parent, it's it's honestly kind of, uh, I'm I kind of wonder, like, if my kids are like cognizant of things like that, you know, like, is there gonna be a point when, you know, my kids like realize that, like, oh, you know, this, like, when I was around this age, like, you know, my parents were. Really, really into this stuff. But when I was like this, then you know, like my parents like just like drew comics all day, you know, or what? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like
1: yeah, like distinguishing traits that are not that are like a part of your parents. Yeah, yeah. There was a period in the '90s where my I specifically remember my father only dressing like Jerry Seinfeld. It felt like he just dressed like Jerry Seinfeld all the time. <laughs> and I bring it up to him, and he gets really upset. It's almost like that episode of Seinfeld where he's like, but I don't want to be the pirate. Like, it's 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 very circular in that way. But, I, you know, I remember those eras very vividly, especially, like, the music that my parents, like, had us listening to growing up. Like, yeah. all that stuff, you know?
0: And what was that? What did your parents listen to?
1: Uh, uh, we listened to, like, a lot of Afghan music, like old Afghan singers. Okay. Um, like Ahmed Zaire, Ahmed Waili, um... Like, kind of classic, like, classical kind of, like, 70s, 60s, 80s, like, uh, Afghan singers and songwriters and stuff. Um, Ariana Saeed, I think, is... Well, actually, she might be newer. But, like, like there's, like, singers like Gugush. I don't know if you... I'm sure... I don't know if there's anyone who's Afghan or Iranian or something. They might know some of these names. But, yeah, so, like, those people... But then also my parents were children of... You know the '70s and the '60s. We listened to like I don't know what it was. Like a ton of disco. Like they loved disco. Like I grew up listening to like the Bee Gees, um, like Sly and the Family Stone, Diana Ross, and a lot of reggae. My dad loved reggae. He loved Bob Marley, the Whalers, Toots Toots and the Tales, Like all that, all that kind of stuff. And then they wonder why I grew up to be so weird. (laughs) You know.
0: Yeah. No, it's that's um. That's also another like thing that I think is interesting and something that I don't myself consider enough is like how um, and I mean I'm I'm not the only person that I'm aware of that goes through these little like um, pocket like phases where you where you obsess over like a certain uh style of music or whatever yeah you hyper focus on this like one specific style like not that I ever stopped liking uh the core stuff that I've liked since I was like 10 years old or whatever but like um mm-hmm. you know like you were saying like yeah there was there was a while when I first started playing drums like in like um 2010 where I was listening to like Bob Marley and the Wailers, and like pretty much yeah. pretty much anything that drummer played on like that's i was awesome. listening to that like and i i don't know why i can't remember his name at the moment but like um like he was just such an innovative drummer and he's like he he's like credited with can like uh with um um creating like so many of those beats and um yeah like
1: <clears throat> i had no idea that's awesome
0: yeah as somebody that like as somebody that was just like taught myself to drum like off of like bad religion or or no effects songs or you know whatever and and somebody that doesn't like to hit like a plateau like that i was like i you know i did like that was like a thing it was like oh oh, and i you know it's like i'm hearing you say these things about like your dad and i'm like i wonder if my kids like oh my gosh, there was this one time, you know, and you know, I certainly went that, I certainly went that way with like jazz too, because I was like, mm. you know, listen to, listen to these, you know, crazy fuckers play these drums, like let's hear this shit, you know, and, and just like trying to, trying to absorb it all, like in a, in a, like in as like uh osmosis ish, like way as possible, like not like. Not, not be sitting there like. Okay, and then the hit comes here, and then hit, then the hit comes here. But just trying to just like, let it become like part of my, um, uh, f- folio or whatever you know, like. Um,
1: yeah, like your approach.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just let it influence me like um, mm. subconsciously, you know, and whatnot. And um, but yeah, it's it's um, like. It, it's it's wild, like, but, yeah, it sounds like there was, like, a lot of, like, range, you know, and um, you said that, like, you, you know, you, it's no wonder that you ended up, like, with weird tastes or whatever. So, like, this, like, eclectic yeah. range has, like, sort of stayed, like, with you as you, like, got through your, like, journey into finding the music that resonated with you?
1: I think my early childhood's musical journey is very strange because like, it was very much dictated by my family for a very long time. Like my parents, you know, um, and (laughs) like I once, you know, we would still listen to like disco and Afghan music and reggae and that stuff. But then like once we got in elementary school and we started like, we, you know, me and my sister were huge Disney channel heads and this was, like, around 96, 97, when Boy Band craze was, like, really in full swing. So, like, you had, like, NSYNC 5 Bewitched concerts on Disney Channel all the time. And I became, like, a massive NSYNC fan. Like, I was obsessed with NSYNC. Like, I was learning the dances. I was singing the songs. Like, that was, like, my jam, you know? Uh-huh. Like, no joke. That was just, like, I became, like, a huge NSYNC fan. And, like, I liked Backstreet Boys and, like, all the, like pop music of the time like i just really like soaked it in super hard and my parents were like yeah okay well we'd rather you listen to this than like anything else or whatever because like we lived across the street from a mall and we would walk by hot topics sometimes and i'd be like "What's uh, what's going on in there and my parents would be like no we're not going in there mm-hmm. like they were already like very like to like alternative stuff they were already very like no you don't you stay away from that even though, like, we still would like stay up late and like watch MTV sometimes. Like, I'd hear rock music, but like pop was like what I'd focused on. Mm-hmm. And then when I was like twelve or thirteen, my older cousin um, like snuck some CDs into my backpack, and it was I forget it was Rush's uh, Twenty Four Forty Two, I think. I forget. I always forget the name of that album, but yeah. it was that Rush album, Pantera's Great Southern Roadkill, and Aerosmith's Get a Grip. And I was just like, oh. Oh shit. Like I like rock music and rock music's really cool now and I don't want to listen to pop music anymore and so I kind of started getting more into that.
0: What exactly and...
1: did,
0: like what specifically about rock music that wasn't present was was it the guitars? Like specifically that that you gravitated to or what, was it the overall like panache or
1: I think it was definitely the panache. It was—it's the energy, you know, just, like you, just
0: like the, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, like that, like rock. Like it was like one of those things where it just hits, like in a completely different way. Like you know, mm-hmm. there's no—I mean, maybe there is now. I don't really listen to like a a lot of contemporary pop. Like I, I don't keep up with it very well. And um, I know like K-pop's really huge, but I think that they they kind of operate in like a similar way. Um, but like you know, rock is just very—it has a punch. Like it feels like you're getting hit. Like it's hitting different uh like it's like it's almost strumming different chords inside your guts like as Mm -hmm. opposed to like pop music which is just like a lot of it's like love songs and like crooning or it's like sad stuff about you know like oh you left me and now i don't know what to do Mm -hmm. whereas like i couldn't tell you what great southern roadkill was about but i just knew that it was very heavy and very angry and i think i listened to get a grip like the most for whatever reason i just got super into aerosmith i'm not sure what happened but i don't
0: i don't know what well like what's the hit song off that or the couple hits off that
1: uh, i want to think this the title track is uh they had a song called eat the rich which i actually now that i'm thinking about it maybe radicalized me at a, at a young age
0: okay yeah i think i know that song but i don't
1: yeah I, it's like eat
0: the rich yeah excellent but steven yeah, I, tyler impression by the way
1: Thank you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, mean,
1: <laughs> I mean, on it for years. Yeah, yeah, so just. A <laughs> uh... <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: but like yeah I mean the reason why I asked is because I mean for me definitely it was the guitars like first like yeah once I once I heard like Rock guitars, or like whatever. Like, I swear, I could not hear anything else in music. Like, yeah, if I didn't hear like distorted guitars, I was just not interested, you know. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. And then, like, when I heard metal and punk, and it's like, okay, okay, wait, 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 wait,
1: this is like yeah. rock
0: guitars, <laughs> but it's like faster. Like, okay, sign me up. Like, where, you know, um,
1: yeah, that that was like the first time I heard. I like you know I had that thing in like my first like first few years of high school where I listened to like Green Day and then My Chemical Romance or like Kanye I was like kind of like on the mainstream stuff and then you know the first time I ever heard um, it was Strike Anywhere's To the World mm-hmm. I actually heard like hardcore for the first time mm-hmm. I was like this is like this is like all I want to be associated with from now on for the rest of my life is like like hard music like this because I was just like hooked. So I know what you mean. Like those guitars, it's like faster. It's like more aggressive. Like It's urgent. There's more, That's urgent. There's yeah. like urgency. There's more of like an intensity to like what's being said or screamed even. Yeah. Once, once I heard people screaming in songs, I was like, oh my God, that, yeah, that forever. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's wild. It's like, it's one of those things where it, like when, I mean, you know, because like I, I was kind of like. I was ground level, you know, when this stuff starts happening, you know, like we're having shows at like our house and, and bands started coming through and it's like, wait, like, and it's, and it's like in bands that I was in, like I was in like a punk band that could have been on like Hopeless Records or, I mean, my, even my, my band in high school, like we got a phone call from someone at Epitaph Records one time and I was like,
1: and, yeah, there was a signing frenzy for a while there.
0: Yeah, I mean, so this was like, you know, like in like 99 and there's like bands that start coming through and they're like screaming and I'm like, this is always like, this is the, po- these people are doing like, like this is where I'm at with like my band and what I'm doing vocally is like, mm-hmm. once I get to that point, that's when I, stop like i i would get to this level where it was going to turn into a scream and that's when i had to cut it off because i thought that's what you should do you know like it's almost yeah. it's it's like because you know you're doing the, you're doing these like you're doing like yelling and loud singing or whatever and you feel your voice go like it's about to go there and um ironically like now i can't i can't sing the way that like my voice just goes there automatically like i can't yeah sing like it just automatically starts breaking up and sounding like distorted or whatever it's uh, just like a
1: natural groove you've developed after all these no, years no it's,
0: it's probably like polyps or something on my on my vocal cord. <laughs> it's, probably, that. it's probably probably something <laughs> bad but um, yeah and so it really was like this light bulb that was like, why, why, like, why didn't I think, of, why didn't I think of that? Why didn't, why wasn't it just like, that just was fine this whole time? Cause there's even right in like the first couple, seven inches that I ever, um, released, like when I was in high school and, and there's, I mean, there's definitely, there's like parts where I'm like legit screaming, but it's like just a. You know, it's just a SoCal sounding like punk band, but like I just hit that point where it's like it's a scream, and um, and then it was just like, wait, you can just do that if you want to, you know? So yeah, so it really was like this like holy shit, and um, yeah, it was kind of like a a long time in a way to be like to where it was like, but you don't have to do that all the time because it was like, for a while, it was like, that's all you wanted to do. You're like, fine, we're here, you know, like, we can do this now. And uh, so that was like a, a different thing. But um, yeah, you, like, yeah. what bands were you like first getting into that were like, you know, like scream vocals and stuff? Was it uh, still like more well-known bands or had you already hit like the the uh sophie's floorboard or whatever
1: <laughs> um i mean this was so I, I was in high school between like 2003 and 2007 so this was like oh. around when like the iraq war was happening and like american idiot had come out and you know like i said earlier i'd, I'd gotten into my chemical romance pretty heavy mm. and so i wound up going and buying their first album that i found at a borders and in the sampler cd they had uh it it was an eyeball sampler and they had uh, a a couple different eyeball bands but they had the number 12 looks like you and i heard like a cat and i was like holy shit like this is allowed like you're allowed to do this like kind of thing you know Mm -hmm. like that was before i had quite heard like hardcore punk and so I didn't really like, I was like, this is crazy. But I was like, I don't think I like this. And then I got more into hardcore punk. And then I found myself coming back to it a lot more. And I was like listening to the number 12 a lot more. And I don't know. Do you remember Pure Volume? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're really going to date ourselves. No. But yeah. So it's I was- <laughs> so
0: wild. Like my my old band, Ake Amelie. like we blew up on Pure Volume for some reason. Just like I that- mean, you could.
1: We Y'all were like, amazing. That's why we had
0: like half a million plays or something ridiculous. Like <laughs> a five a five song EP. Like it was ridiculous. Like um, <laughs> so, someone someone in the band. This was like when they first started doing those things where for fifty dollars you could put yourself on their front page, right? And right. So okay, someone, yeah. someone in the band was like, "I'm doing that," and it was like, "Yeah, we got like." Hundreds of thousands of plays, and it was. Absurd.
1: I, I listened to you guys on pure volume at one point, I'm pretty yeah. sure.
0: And yeah, I don't know, and it, <laughs> it was wild. And there was like people from Equal Vision Records like coming to yeah. our shows, and so, like I didn't know because no one ever introduced themselves. But um, a friend of mine <clears> who <throat> I had been in bands with earlier was like, um, he was in this one band that like got recorded by the guy from the stereo and whatnot like there was a friend of mine that was like real in with these like industry people as it were right as much as a
1: like down with the industry folks
0: yeah, yeah and um and uh he just told me one time he was like yeah a friend of mine from you know equal vision said that he uh he heard good things from someone in Hawthorne Heights about your Ohio show, so he's gonna come to Holy this shit. other show of yours. And I was like, "What the fuck is like going on?" <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know, like you know. But that band was, I don't know, it was silly. Like we could never keep like get a drummer, keep a drummer, like have a good consistent thing with a drummer and. You know, <clears throat> isn't I did, that
1: like the whole lore between?
0: <laughs> I mean, that's it. You know, that's like, uh, I mean, that's like every band that you like. I think you know, with um, w- where when you like, if you really like a band and they only have like a handful of songs, and but they were around for a while, and you're like, what, what? I wonder whatever happened. Just assume that yeah. it was the drummer. They never could. <laughs> click with the drummer and they kept trying and they were just like, we need to move on. Um And yeah. that's, yeah, that's why I started playing drums because that makes I sense. Like,
1: I mean, there's, it always feels like there's just a deficit of drummers out there. Like every drummer has like three or four different projects minimum.
0: Yeah. Especially good right? drummers. Like,
1: yeah. You know, oh, the f- even rarer to yeah. find, like, I, I'm not saying that all drum, like drummers out there are bad, but some of them just need more years of seasoning and some of them don't make it. Cause they just stop playing drums. Right.
0: Yeah. Or like, you know, they just like I know some incredible drummers that, like, just they just don't like. I there's one person that actually played a couple shows with Aka and I w- I so hard try to convince this person, like, please just be in our band. And, um, like, you know, it's like nearly 20 years later, I know of like absolutely zero projects that this person has, like done like period and like just probably the most like um intuitive person that i've played with like just like you could tell like like he could he could throw four different ideas at you all of them would be great but he'd be like i should just do this one and it would have been it would have been the one that you would have picked because it's like he could read the song, you know? Yeah. Like
1: it's just like that, that is just high musical intelligence.
0: Yeah. It's an, that instinct's not always there. Like I've, you know, I've played with people that like are like incredibly good, but it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're, you're playing the song a little bit too fast or wait, you're not playing the song fast enough or like, you know, or like the way they play is it doesn't match the style, you know, or whatever. Um, Right. So yeah, but you know mm-hmm. just as just assume it was that it was something didn't click with the drummer and uh and that's yeah you know, that's why that was because yeah i mean you're absolutely right like think of think of taylor from um nuva like how many times are, how many like bands are they in they're in like ghost, bands. ghost
1: spirit they were in heritage l, unit dreamcast l uh, yeah. i forgot about l
0: yeah it's like they're in like they're in like all the bands because yeah. they're incredible,
1: you know? It's like, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah. And those are the people you want to keep around. For sure. <laughs> it's like,
0: for sure. Um, so I was going to ask, you know, since, since you brought up this time frame of like 2000, you know, like early two thousands, mm-hmm. um, one of the, one of the releases that you sent me to check out, like for your label was um, that project, Laura Palmer. And, and I, yeah. you know, I, I was like, The first thing I noticed was I was like, oh, this is like a band that's been like dead for a while. Um, Is this a band that you knew of like at their time of existence or is it something you found later and you're like, it's a damn shame that more people don't know about this?
1: It was one of those things where – so I guess – is it all right if I kind of like take this in a broader direction?
0: Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: Um, so like semi-collective in general is made up of like a lot of different people. And okay. like at that specific point, um, like that was a band that was given to the, to like that we had discussed because someone, it was like one of those things where like someone is like, I like this band. They're really good. I wish more people knew about them. Mm-hmm. And then we'd talk and we'd be like, yeah, maybe we can contact them. Maybe we can like get some of their music. Cause a lot of like the label is made up of people who just like, were the people who like bug <laughs> random people on instagram and are like hey weren't you in like uh so many dynamos or something like that you know we're like hey didn't you play in Dillinger between like on this tour like it's like made up of all the people who do that okay <laughs> and so uh this was from i think our is this guy i don't know his actual name is uh handle on instagram's canadian wasteland is uh goes by the name ben's records he's like an archive page and he brought them and they were like kind of like a Band that he knew of, and um, we had heard it. They had already had that in kind of in the works when I came on, and I heard it, and I was like, Oh my God, this is sick. I can't believe I'd never heard this band before, especially from New Jersey, because I feel like in the 2000s, New Jersey really had like a very poppin' scene, and like all eyes were kind of on their like heavy music scene. Yeah, for you sure. Know? And um, I think that it was one of those things where we're just like, Well, can we get in touch with them? And then I think a couple of the members are actually from New Jersey, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I think I know this guy," and so they wound up talking to them, and then that's how that kind of happened. Was that it? Kind of just round wound up being like about just reaching out to this band and just being like, "Hey, like we love your stuff. You, we would love to like do a physical release with you of some kind." And the band being like very gracious to be like, "You guys actually give a shit," <laughs> and like that's always like my favorite thing too is like when I talk to anyone and they're like wow, you actually, you, you like listen to us, like, you know, and I'm sure that like that feeling comes sometimes. I don't know if it comes to you, but like, like for example, like a Camellia, right? Like that, I think I heard that before I ever knew who you were or listened to Como Regalia. Yeah. And so when I like put those pieces together, I was like, it was one of those things where I realized like, oh shit, I've been listening to Edie forever. Like I've actually been listening to stuff you've done forever. And so it's like, of course I would like be seeking out everything you've ever done. Like hoping that there was more, like to be there, right? And so it's like nice to kind of validate an artist and be like, Yeah, of course, you made something that is incredible and like emotionally resonates, or is just like it just sounds cool. Like, Mm -hmm. of course, we want to listen to it. And of course, like we think other people would be interested in it. And you know, we sold a bunch of those tapes, and there's still like a couple left, I think, on the website. Um, and we're hoping to do more stuff with like other bands like that in the future, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, it definitely like. You know, um it, it definitely like was a new one to me. And that's not always like you know what I mean? Like that's not always yeah. such a easy thing to do, you know? Like there's Yeah. There's 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 a there's an aspect of that which is just because like this is what I've been doing this whole time. But there's also that other aspect be which is like comes about only just because like I'm absolutely like a super nerd about it like I Mm. I did what even though I was like I was I was playing in bands and I was meeting all these people that way I was still doing what like other like young people who like just learned about like um like you know soul seek and Kazaa and whatever we're doing as yeah. well which is like you know when you found one person with like the Kai and b communique seven inch was which like you know like right. no, nobody knew about let's be frank nobody knew about that band until like uh <clears throat> until like 10 years ago you know
1: like basically
0: like that band was like they they you know they existed in 99 or whatever and then and for a little while after, and then like nobody knew about them again until like you know 2010 or whatever, you know like
1: yeah, and uh, when they started racking up plays on YouTube and stuff like that.
0: Right, right. So there's this like era of like 2005 where you're on Soul Seek or Kazaa or you know whatever thing you were on at the time, and you find somebody you're like, what? what's the most rare thing I could think of that somebody might have? And if you find somebody with that, then you're like, I bet all the other shit they got is like mint too, you know? So then you just download all this other stuff that you never heard of. And then you're like, holy shit, like, how about that? And then, you know, now like, uh, of of course, like the, um, I don't don't know if if it's changed, you know, but at least as of a few, years ago you could like the youtube al- algorithm was really good for that too like if you put in a yeah a, a, some rare screamo band then you're going to find like three other things in you that you know also are like uh might be like more unheard of or whatever and you're like holy shit like you feel like you'll never hit the bottom but uh yeah you know it's like it's it's more rare now to be like oh shit i never i never heard of this band and this band sounds like yeah a lot of the bands that played my house or we played shows with, you know, so it's, it's wild. But yeah. uh, Yeah. When you're saying that the collective is uh, a lot of people, then that makes a lot more sense with the releases that you sent me, which are very like, I mean, they all kind of like, it's not that like they're so, like it's it's a lot of different flavors of the same food, I feel like. You know, I yeah. don't know if that's a good way of, of putting it. But it's like they're not so different, like but it's like they're really different.
1: Yeah. They have distinct they're yeah. they're distinct in their own way, but it is it's a lot of bedroom recording stuff which got like really you know, became huge in the last like decade or so and especially over the pandemic, like so many different bands just kinda of started cropping up. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um which is really cool to see like some, you know, like birds fear death or, um, right. like that one, uh, one of the, um, one of the collective members is he, he is the sole member of, uh, arise and fall of a dilapidated home. So, okay. um, yeah. Um, like, so when, you know, he was like, Oh, I th- I'm thinking about putting this out again. Cause I think he'd already done a run of CDs or tapes or something. Then, um, the label was like, Oh, well like, yeah, like we, we, we could, We could help do that too and then i think he also has another release for cds and stuff that just came out on a different label i don't know if it's i forgot if it's one in the u.s or if it's one that's overseas but so there's always like music there's like always musical inroads from different places and everyone's always sharing music and that was the collective was born from a different chat too that is like even bigger that has like a bunch of different people in it I think I might be the oldest person in there, <laughs> which has like become kind of a thing, you know, in recent years overall. But like that's which is totally fine. But um, it's like I don't know. These kids just like they the stuff they find is crazy. Like stuff that like you and I were around for, that somehow just like you know like Laura Palmer like just flew under our radars. Yeah,
0: yeah, slipped through the cracks. Yeah. 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 It's um. It's funny. Like you know, you're like. <laughs> Now I'm the oldest person, which is, which is weird. And it's, it's like, that's never going to change. You know, (laughs) like now. Yes.
1: Grandpa territory once entered, you do not leave.
0: Now that you're the oldest person in the chat, like you're always the oldest person in the chat. Like, you know, the only only way is to like, take, have, like get someone else in the chat to take the bullet for you. Like, you know, you, you invite (laughs) someone specifically, uh, because you know, they're older and then, then you're like, ah, whew, what a you know, a release of my burden. Um,
1: I know. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's definitely weird, but it is nice to when like, sometimes when they talk about something or they'll bring up a band and then I'll be able to be like, Oh, like I was at that show actually. Like, what do you want to know about it? Like, it's yeah. one of those weird things too. And then they freak out. Right. Cause they're like, you were actually there. And it's like, I know I'm old, but like, you know, <laughs> I've also done cool things too. Like, and so it is it's really interesting and i think it's a good way to keep the scene moving because like you know we always need people coming in that are younger and more hungry than like they're exactly the same if not more than how we were and that's why I, I enjoy being in those spaces despite being like the oldest person there because as long as like there's something to kind of pass on or share with and i think that that's what kind of keeps everything alive yeah.
0: One thing that I feel like we're doing now better than we have done in the past, like uh, this, this like uh, you know, um, fictional we or whatever, um, right? Like is that we're we're taking like younger people more seriously, which I've always like advocated for and been like severely irritated by. Like, if I just get a whiff of that shit, like I'm in attack yeah. mode, you know, because like, and not that's, I mean, that's not, I don't think that's just like put, you know, a paternal uh, in, instincts like kicking in or anything. It's just like, I cannot stand it when like people don't take um, people's passions seriously, you know, like it just yeah. is a pet peeve of mine. And um, yeah. It's, it's like, not
1: parental. It's, it's your peers. You're protecting your peers.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's just like, I definitely think that's something that we're, we're doing better now. Is, mm-hmm. And because, you know, like you're talking about like bedroom recordings and stuff. And this is like, we're talking, what we're talking about there is like, Yeah, a lot of it happened in the pandemic because people couldn't go out and make bands with other people or, you know, we didn't know what that would look like for quite a while. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of that happened because of that. But like what we're really talking about is like accessibility, like because not everybody lives in a community where you where you like actually can find like four other people that want to play this music that nobody's moms can stand and shit, you know, like, yeah. and, and, and you don't necessarily, you can't find some place to practice, you know, your stuff and, and et cetera, et cetera. So like um, being able to no, do absolutely. it like with one or two people or being able to do it like um, in your own garage by yourself is like, that's like mind blowing. That's kind of like, you know, that was like the, end goal for me when, when we, you know, first started like, uh, doing recordings ourselves, like way back in A you know, it was like, I was just like, yeah. I saw like a, a road to like being able to get all the ideas that are always bouncing around in my head, like out of my head. And that was like, a, it was like as straight a shot as I could make to that, as possible to just be like, okay, then you got to learn how to play drums, and then you got to learn how to like do this better, and then you yeah, know. and so I think that yeah, that all that stuff is amazing, um, and like, you know, I was gonna ask uh, like how y'all got into contact with some of these people that seem like you know even though the internet is sort of like a uh it's like a, a, a like it levels the playing field as far as like being able to contact like anyone anywhere or whatever but like right um you know like like you said um the uh, like um the the like speak to my dry bones for example and um birds for your death like this is like such they feel like it's it's like they could both be on the same show right but they don't necessarily feel like okay like these people would know each other right so like you sort of already answered that like that the collective is based up like the kind of people that just like hit people up on instagram like what's up like I dig yourself, Let's do some stuff. Um, is there, is that like kind of all there is to it? Or like, is it, are there like other criteria criteria that you're looking for when you are like looking for, you know, like new music or people to work with, or is it just like, we like the like we we like what's going on. Let's see what these people are like.
1: I mean, it's it is it is like a lot of that, but it is definitely also like kind of um, us looking at something we've heard and just being like, God, I really wish that like this would exist in a physical format somewhere, or like that this artist deserves to be heard by more than just their immediate circle. You mm-hmm. know, like one of the artists that I wound up not sending you, I always mess up their name. It's a uh, you know, I'm gonna look it up before I say it wrong. It's <laughs> a it's a Spanish band, and it's also like a one-person project, and they are just like really exceptional, and they have like a really small. It's like kind of like bedroom screamo. It's a Misueno Son de Tu Adios. Oh uh,
0: yeah, Enzo. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we put out. We did a co-release with them. Um, it was like a three-way release with like us, them, and Honeysuckle mm-hmm. Records. And it was just one of those things where it just kind of all fell into place and we all were just like stoked on each other. And, um, they have like a, like a relatively good following from my understanding. Like, it's not like a, they're not like a tiny band, but they're not like, you know, like a massive band in the scene, I guess. But it was one of those things where everyone heard it and we were all just like, yeah, like this makes sense. And like being able to co-release it with Honeysuckle was like an awesome label. Um, i believe they're based out of like the east coast is like also something that's really been cool too because we've been able to work with like a lot of different labels for different things like uh another member of the collective who also works the label is um uh this person locky runs hunk of plastic records okay and they do so much for us and i i absolutely love hunk of plastic and shout them out and they also have a similar vibe with their label over there they're based out of scotland and it's not just emo music right it's not just screamo music it's like i like what i heard and like i want it to be put out so that's what winds up happening a lot of the times and we've even talked about it we're like we're not like an emo or screamo label like we all love emo and screamo and like that's what brought us together but like if it sounds cool and we like it like we want to put it out and i think there's going to be some releases coming up that are definitely going to hopefully like kind of pitch that image to people too where it's like if it, people want to hit us up too and be like oh I want you to put out our stuff and like we, we listen and we like it. it doesn't matter if it's like progressive house right yeah. which is like kind of what I am secretly in the back I'm trying to turn the label into like a progressive house label <laughs> so against uh, against my own better judgment but um so I, it's it's a lot of different things but it's always definitely rooted in like a we want to do it want make sure it stays DIY we want to make sure that like the band, if we can make them money, we will make them money. Like, we throw, we put money into pressings, and like, if there's any money left over, it goes to the band. And if they don't, if there was an agreement where like we'd keep some of it, it just goes into the next release. Like, we, we work our hardest to basically not make money off of this. The only thing we really want is, I'm sure everyone wants, right? Like, I'm sure like you've wanted as well, is like, we just want the label to fund itself. Yeah. Like, we just want the label to fund itself so we can make sure that like the music that's out there can be heard and that people can find like more bands that they just like fall in love with.
0: Yeah. You've, you mentioned a couple of times that like you feel like, um, that an important thing to you as a, as a label is, um, giving a a band like a, a physical treatment. Why do you, specifically feel like making something like physically accessible is like such a, um, priority for you? Is it like, um, is it your own experiences with like the physical media, like, you know, pouring over like the, you know, packaging and the the lyric sheets and stuff like that? Or,
1: um, I mean, definitely. I, I, we're all collectors you know like we Mm -hmm. all have like our collections of different things and there's so many things that i have in my collection from like tapes to cds to like records that i just like i love very dearly Mm -hmm. and a lot of it is not a lot of it is the music but a lot of it is also the packaging Mm -hmm. you know and um is there's also something about I, I I mean, I, I would imagine. I've never been in a band, really, and like I've never gotten to play music or record or anything. Um, this was kind of like the side of the aisle I decided to stand on. But I know that there is something very special about creating something and then being able to physically hold it in your hands. Mm. And it's become tangible in a very real way that is very special. And to know that that thing can be shared with other people makes it even more special. And I think that that's what we really find to be important, right. is like sharing music with people, but also like giving the artists and the people who love them, like something to kind of hold in their hands too. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that it makes anything less real. Right. But it's just, it's like really something special and like just cool. And like, we, you know, we try to do like cool designs and have like interesting graphics and do like special, like variants and things like that and make it fun you know? And Mm -hmm. so I think that there is like something really like some of my favorite albums that I like will just love the album are like things that I own, you know, like it's one of those things where like, I love the album so much that I want to own it physically. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like one of my, one of my all time favorite albums is, um, seasons in verse by my heart to joy. Mm -hmm. And, um, like it's one of those things that I have in my collection, and people have asked me to sell it to them, and I've just been like, "There's zero, there's zero chance that you are ever going to get your hands on my copy of this." Like, there's nothing, there's nothing on this earth outside of absolute catastrophe that'll separate me from this record. <laughs> it's like one of those things, you know. And yeah. it's because like I'm able to hold it and look at it while I'm listening to it that I feel adds like a different dimensional layer to it.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's. That's such an interesting like. <laughs> Um, I feel like that's like, it's such an interesting idea to, to consider because, you know, there's, there are, I feel like there are levels to what, um, people think like validates a release and that's, and it's so, it's so, it's so weird. Like, like I, I'm of the mind at this point where i'm like you know there's um like these some of these things cost a lot of money to make yeah and so like i can't financially like burden myself with you know every single thing being on vinyl especially like uh uh it taking a year and a half to make them or whatever at this point, oh yeah you know it's Um, so gnarly right
1: now
0: right so like There's this weird thing that I, you know, that I've noticed that, like, it's like, it's like if you release, if you release an album, like, you just throw it up and it's just digital, then it's just like, people just look at that like, oh, that's just something that they did for fun it's like it doesn't really mean too much and you're like what the fuck kind of mentality is yeah that,
1: you know? that's a weird that's a weird response
0: <laughs> right because like like i don't know like if it did like i would have just played playstation
1: you know if it didn't mean
0: yeah like, i would have just like chilled i would have watched a movie yeah um, i could
1: always play skyrim again all right
0: yeah exactly um <laughs> and my <laughs> my 12-year-old's playing Skyrim like literally right now. Uh but uh that's
1: awesome. Yeah. Um, it's a fantastic game. Yeah. I have to like stop myself from buying it for like the fifth time. It,
0: on every on every platform, yeah, for <laughs> every sure every platform. <laughs> but um yeah, so like and then and then there's like you know, and then t- tapes came back in a big way. So it's like Yeah. So like there's I feel like there's there's tears. There's, there's digital. Next up is CD. Like if you put on a CD, it's like less respected than tape. So then there's tape. And then hmm. like there's almost this idea that it's not a real record until it's on vinyl. And I yeah. found that idea, that concept or, you know, that mentality. Like I, I thought it was such bullshit that I like was like, yeah, um, this like, album is not coming out on vinyl and I tried that twice and both of those albums mm. came out on like I tried it with There's Still Time and people were like you have to put this out on but like I'll pay I'll pay for <laughs> it, you know, and like other people were like, We'll we'll pay for yeah. it. And um and same thing with Marked. I was like this is gonna be just on these tapes and people were like, We'll pay for it and like I mean like in both of those cases like it I still ended up you know, obviously, like paying for a lot of it myself, but like, um, yeah. it's just like, I don't, I don't know. I just, it's, there's gonna come a point, right, where like, it, it's, it's gonna just be, like, it's gonna be real hard to like, um, justify like doing like vinyl. You know, yeah. like um, there's going to come come a point where, and I mean, not, not to be like, not to get all Doomer or whatever, but like there's going to be right. come a point where you're not even able to ship this in, to people in the summer. Like you're literally just not going to be able to, you know? Yeah. And I don't think that yeah. point is too far off, unfortunately. Like yeah. we had more... I'm in agreement with that. Yeah. We had like more, uh, we had more instances of like this only happened with one middleman record that I know of, but I have more instances of hearing people talking about their labels, like getting, uh, complaints about like warped records and stuff this summer. than like in the entire, like, you know, um, 12, 13 years that I've been doing the label again. So it's just like, this is just a fact, like this is not going to be something that we can continue doing. And, and, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think it's really awesome that you're like. Um, in a way, it's like you know you're like we want to, want to give these artists like that level of validity that people seem to uh, expect or whatever, you know. Um, yeah. But then at the same time, as a, as a musician, I'm 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 of the mind sometimes, even though like I always. Like I've come to this point where I'm like okay I'll I'll just I just want to make the record like but if people want yeah. it like I'll do something really low key and if people want it then they can have it but it won't like it won't bust, you know, bust my bank or whatever like I I won't right. like I won't have to stress about it. I won't have to be like I I have to sell this many copies of this or else like, you know, I won't be able to pay my car insurance, which is literally like a a thing that where it's like when I was like putting out releases all the time and I'm like putting in my own money like all the time. And I'm like, I need to, okay, so I can put in this much of my own money, but I have to put in this much of my own money. So like I need the first, however, $150 of this money that I'm putting in, like I need that actually back. And it's like, yeah. and then it wouldn't happen, and it's like, uh oh, like yeah. this
1: is—I
0: don't know—that's this is like that's, label nightmare I mean, stuff now. But like, that
1: sound I mean, Chris Reject uh, from Square of Opposition had the same had the same issue. Like I, I'm sure he still does, but also like years ago, I remember. And being very candid about that as well where he just like was like well i've opened like my umpteenth credit card and we oh, just yeah. need just i need i need your help like <laughs> figuring yeah, this yeah. out yeah
0: it's like i yeah i mean it's funny because like i was talking about like <clears throat> i was on i was like interviewed for this like documentary thing and um i was talking about like somebody was like like they were like how much debt are you in because of the label and i was like oh like 20k and they were like oh that's not as much as i thought and i was like thinking about it i was like 20 20, k is a lot
1: and i was like $20,000 is a lot of money
0: and i was like but and then and then i was like not as much as someone thought and i'm and then i was thinking about i was like wait like this is like 20k that of debt that i still possess this isn't like yeah. what i've paid off over the years this isn't like because i out of a two thousand dollar release i put in eight hundred dollars like basically cash and then paid for the rest like this is like and i was like if i sit here and think about it like it's just wild like if i was like how much have i sunk into this that i never got back like that number is wild and i'm like not gonna do it (laughs) like it's not good the math is not not good for anybody
1: yeah so, yeah. Um, no, that's that's totally fair. And I think that I mean honestly if I would be totally fine just being a digital release label too in some respects and like if an artist was ever like we just want you to kind of pay for the mastering or something. Mm-hmm. We don't want to do a physical release, but we'd like to work with you in some way. I I would be open to that because I as much as I love the physical aspect of it, I also just want artists to be able to make their art in like a very easily an available way. Like I, have had this conversation with like my partner, multiple times too. Where, like, you know, like where you sit down and you're talking, like, well, if we had like all the money in the world or whatever, like, what would we do? Mm-hmm. And like, one of my things is I, I'd, I'd want to be a patron, like they did back in the old days in like Venice, right? Like, just like a rich ass person who would just like sponsor like four or five artists, just like eat, sleep, make art, like do do your thing, like go party, like whatever, like just make art. Like if I had enough money to like get away with doing that for, like, a bunch of people, like, I totally would. I'd be, like, I'd be, like, the worst label on the planet. Because <laughs> I'd just be, like, I don't even want to sell your shit. Like, I just want you to be able to create it. And then maybe we'll do a, a physical release if you want. I don't know. But, you know, that's, like, a, a almost dystopic utopian idea Yeah. of, like, how things could work. But, yeah. I I mean, I, I love a physical release, too. But, like, there's definitely some albums that I, you just... And I think maybe this is because it's of that era right where there were the demo cdr that came out in like 2007 mm-hmm. you're not going to track it down so like i'm just stuck with copies of like my digital copies like man's is like another one of my favorite bands right mm-hmm. um, like kid sister everything right yeah they sure. yeah like i all i think i i have like the split they did with line of the north and i have a tape of their 2013 demo and like but i really love their first two demos like there's zero chance i'm ever gonna get my hands on that so i will go to bandcamp and stream it and like i have the copy i have it downloaded on my phone too i still use a music playing app on my phone because like you know not everything's gonna be on streaming and not everything's gonna be readily available on bandcamp either so i i still i am i'm with you like i don't think i think that people being like oh it's just a digital release is like a weird thing because it's like well you can still listen to it yeah and that's the point ultimately it's like you're supposed to be able to
0: yeah i always i mean i always have these like really i always have these really like defiant ideas like about like well, I'm gonna just do this digital, just because, you know. But then, <laughs> yeah. but then, like, at the same time, I'm in the same boat as you. Like, I love, like, I mean, I'm, I'm like i I'm an artist. Like, I, I like yeah. to draw stuff. Uh, I like to make pages fold. I like, you know, I love everything yeah. about like making a release. So, like, um, something always like um, pushes me past my little bratty desire to just be like, Well near it <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> no, if, I know what if you, mean. you act like that you know, like Yeah, you wanna uh, be like that, huh? Wise yeah. guy? Well, you can stream it for just you can stream it for one week and that's it. Um <laughs> But uh yeah, it's just I don't know, it's 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 um I think it goes back to that whole thing with me where it's like I, I just don't like it when I see someone put all kinds of effort into something and it doesn't get taken seriously, you know, like that really offends me because like, certainly there are people that just make music just for fun. And like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Maybe you made an album in five hours and like, it was just for fun and you put it up just for fun and like people listen to it and they have fun. Like, I think there's nothing wrong with that either. But, like, there's a lot of cases where that's just not the case. Like, you played the guitar part until you got good at it, and then you were like, now that guitar part sucks, so I got to work on it some more. And, like, you went through this with every aspect of every song until you were about to lose your mind over it, and you finally recorded it all. It took you, like, you know, I mean you know, however many hours of your own time and then you're mixing it and obsessing over it and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, you know, if this isn't on vinyl, then I don't care. And you're like, okay, come on. You know, like what's going on? It's a
1: consumptive process. Like I think people, sometimes people miss that too. You know, I, when I was younger, like I thought like when I was in high school and stuff and I I was first learning about all these bands, I thought the lead singer wrote everything. (laughs) Like I thought they, I thought they did the lyrics. Like I thought that they, like the band was basically just like, basically because I come, I came from a boy band perspective. Right. I was like, Oh, "Oh, these are the backup dancers. Like that was like how I thought of things. And I, I'm not to say that everyone that's exactly how everyone thinks, but I feel like sometimes people forget that like, there's an awful lot of effort from, a single person or multiple individuals that goes into any kind of creative endeavor, and that kind of gets glossed over. yeah, and like, I don't want to be like that dispol- like oh,, like culture's disposable now, kind of person, but there is like a level of that that kind of rings true of like disposability in art,
0: yeah, um, I mean, but I came about like I think when I was a kid, I thought the exact opposite. Like I thought every single person in the band, like, came to a song and like specifically were just like you know and then once once you're once you like get in bands and stuff um and or you know went, or you just get older and you find out more about this stuff like then you realize you're like wait so somebody will come and they'll have an idea and sometimes other the other people will Um, Magnet their ideas to that or whatever But like This can happen any million You know whatever ways But I was like of the reverse impression Where I thought Everybody came in And everybody had Like one person had the flour One person had the oil The other person had the sugar And this is the way this worked Uh, You know But uh, what I started finding more and more When I was in bands is like Oh someone comes with a song and you kind of like learn that and put your thing on it, like it. it and um, like certainly, there's other bands. Like, I mean, I can't imagine like you know, Fugazi being like that. It's probably was probably right. much more uh, collaborative. It's in stuff, and there's probably lots of bands like. Unwound or whatever I imagined would be like that, you know, like slint, you know, tons of bands yeah. that I could you yeah, know, go off the top Everyone of the top. Everyone asked
1: about you, like a lot of those bands for that For sure, are-
0: for sure. But um, but yeah, I was I was like always, the, I always saw every band was like that, and I found out wait actually more bands are <laughs> like it's like one person. Writes all the lyrics because they do the vocals, and the other person writes the right. majority of the melody, and then maybe somebody is like sort of the person that puts the, uh, <clears throat> you know, the the flair on it. Like, like uh, maybe the band is, one person is the Jim Ward, and the other person is the uh, you know the um, the Omar Rodriguez Lopez. You know, right? Like, where it's like, you know, but um, yeah, like, it, it's a. Uh, it's really interesting, like, you, you know, think about, especially, um, you know, you said, like, even if it's one person, it's all this effort, and it's like, um, not to like toot the like one person band horn too hard, but it's like I'll having done away. that, like myself, like <laughs> a lot. It's like when one person does it, it's it's like you think like, oh, that's not that big, that's not that, that big a deal, because it's just like you're just doing the. Thing like five times instead of once, but it's like you really do not um, appreciate like the parts in a recording where you get to fuck off to Subway or whatever. Like, yeah, you, you, you do not <laughs> re- appreciate that more than when you're you're doing the whole thing yourself and you're just like,
1: right, fuck. <laughs> like, yeah, I am all the moving parts.
0: You're like, I really wanna eat something right now. Like, but yeah. Um, but
1: this drum part ain't gonna write itself. Yeah,
0: yeah. Or like, you know, you're in a zone, so you're like, uh, you know, but uh yeah, that's so that's that. But um yeah, um <clears throat> you know, as we like sort of like wind down, like uh what 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 do you wanna talk about as far as like the labels, like upcoming releases or whatever um like you know you had sent me some links that i that i checked out you know like i said uh we, we talked about some of them already but um like what's coming from semi-collective like in the near future that you're really excited about
1: uh unfortunately all the stuff i'm really excited about we actually aren't ready to announce yet oh, okay
0: well that's um how it goes. we
1: do um we do have uh some more stuff hopefully coming from laura palmer Mm-hmm. Um, I know that that's in the works right now. Um, I think we're talking about maybe doing some represses of different things. Um, there's, there's probably some things that I can tell you. I just can't tell you on my, <laughs> oh, <yeah, laughs> if you want, sure. if you, if you want the hot gas, <laughs> but, um, there's like, there is like, I think this year we're kind of winding down a bit cause we got to like save funds and, um, kind of like, you know, rally ourselves. But next year's, I'm thinking it's going to be pretty pretty insane overall like i'm very very excited for a lot of these releases and they're definitely we're putting out a couple things from like bands that um i just i love and admire so much so i'm like very very excited about that um the lat, the most we just i just i wish i could talk about more of our current stuff but we're sold out everything right now but i would say like go stream sterling um they're really awesome listen to uh pigeon 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 the speak to my dry bones was like really good um, I mean, as far as releases go, yeah, there's nothing I can kind of let out from under the cap just yet, but, um, I will tell people to stay tuned cause we got some pretty wild shit coming up.
0: Awesome. Then why don't you um, just, uh, tell folks like where they can find, uh, find the, the, like, uh, label URLs or where to follow the label online.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Semi Collective and uh, on Instagram at Semi Collective Records. Uh, we just actually, I was hounding them about the band camp because I didn't have a place to send you all the links. So the Bandcamp <laughs> is actually up so you can listen to all of our previous releases there. Um, non-purchasable, of course, make sure to go to the artists directly for all of your purchasing needs uh, for digital purchases and things like that and um we have a facebook page i hate facebook but i'm also the manager for it so if you're gonna go on the facebook page please be nice uh we have a discord um you can always feel free to reach out to me directly for uh invites or links um, but you can also find it on the twitter as well and i believe that's all of our socials there's probably something i'm forgetting but uh, but yeah that's uh, where you can find us at
0: And that was my conversation with Elias Amini. Thank you so much, Elias, for taking the time to chat with me. If anyone out there hasn't already, I'd invite you to go to patreon.com slash human machine and check out the things that I've been up to. It includes writings, comics, exclusive music, and more. Until next time, take care and do good things.